welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. Let's go ahead now and turn in our Bibles to Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25, and I'm going to read in this passage, this is after the giving of the law, the Ten Commandments, and uh, it, it's still Moses is on the mount with God, and God is giving him some additional instructions, and he's giving him instructions as far as the tabernacle and how it's to be constructed, and the Ark of the Covenant, and how it's to be constructed, and the garments that are to be worn in the, in the chapters following chapter 25. And that's what we're going to read, but I'm just going to read the first 10 verses, and then we'll stop and we'll pray for our request, and we'll pray that God speaks to us as we share from His Word tonight. So let's begin reading again, chapter 25 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it, willingly of his heart, ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which he shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skins dyed red, and badger skins, and shittim wood, oil for the light, spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones beset in the ephod, in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. We're going to stop at verse 9. <coughs> Excuse me, I think I said I was going to go to verse 10, but I'm going to stop right there at verse 9. And in the chapters that follow, in chapters 25, chapters 26, chapters 27, chapter 28, chapter 29, chapter uh, 30, chapter 31. And that's really, so all those chapters there from 25 to 31 is the description, the instructions that God is giving for the tabernacle, the meeting place, the Ark of the Covenant, where God was going to meet with his people. And then also a description of the instruments that were to go in the tabernacle and a description of the clothes that the priests were to wear and of the sacrifices that were to take place. That is given in these chapters. And so here is where we're at, or where I'm at, or where I was at in my reading. And I want to share some things with you from this passage, deep water from dry places. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would uh, forgive us when we struggle to read your word. Forgive us when we struggle to understand your word. Help us to understand it. Help us to focus on it. Help us to find the deep water that you have for us, even in places that we may find find in our flesh dry and barren forgive us for even thinking such things but god you know our flesh is weak god i pray that you'd speak to us tonight help us to be faithful in the reading of your word and god i pray that you'd beat these requests that we've mentioned tonight for marianne hicks in particular and jimmy father also for the colin kelly family for gerda and for anita and for the rest of that family 
And Father, I pray that you just give them comfort and peace in the passing of Colin. And Father, I pray that you just have your eyes drawn to you, that your eyes will be drawn to you, and, and that your name will be glorified even in this opportunity for a miracle. And God, I pray that you would also be with Trent Muir and Father Battling Cancer and also Liz Holmes Battling Cancer. And Father, I pray that you'd also be with little Colton, be with his body, be with Tasha, be with Carolyn, uh, be with be, be with that family, I pray. And Father, I pray that you would watch over them, touch them in a special way. Speak to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's go if you, again, if you would look in your Bible, and I'm just going to say it this way. Um, if we are being honest... As we read our Word of God. Now, again, I would encourage you to read the Word of God. Read, read, read. It is the primary way that God is going to speak to you. Prayer is the primary way that we speak to God. The Word is the primary way that God speaks to us. Now, God may speak through His Holy Spirit to your heart. He can speak through creation. He can speak through the preacher. He can speak through various means. But primarily, it's going to come from the Word. And everything that somebody else says to you needs to be rooted in the Word. No matter what books you read, no matter what creation you may look at, it's got to be rooted in the Word. They will always go together, or it's not the Word of God, or it's not God speaking. However... When we're reading the Word of God, if we're honest, if I'm honest, we find or I find some places in Scripture, and again, I, like I said a moment ago, God forgive me for saying it this way, but to be a little dry, uh, a little difficult to read, a little difficult to understand, difficult to follow, difficult to dive into. And while I say that, I understand I probably shouldn't feel that way, but I also understand, and God understands, that we are flesh, that we are human, that we are frail, that, that, that that's just a reality for us in our, in our flesh. If, if, if we were perfect, we would love every minute of it. But I want you to see how you can get deep drinks of water, how you can get refreshing moments with God even in those dry places. And so therefore, uh, and again, I say dry places, sometimes we might use that term to describe a place in God's Word that is difficult, that is tiresome, that the devil wants to come along and, and distract us from. Now, he distracts us from reading God's Word, period. But some places it makes it a little easy. I make it a little easier for him than for others. Uh, it, it's places that are hard to comprehend, places that are hard, it seems, to apply, places that are hard to find great interest in. Now, when I say that, understand that different people find different places in God's Word to be dry. Although I think if we were to take a survey, we would find that genealogies in general tend to be dry. I think also going through the books of, of the, the, the Levitical law, even the giving of the description of how to make things as far as the, the, the Ark of the Covenant and, and the tabernacle and so forth and so on, can, for me, get a little dry. And for most people, probably said uh, that would be true. Uh, there are other places we might read that could be dry as well. But 
different people find different places dry. So this area that I'm reading about the description of the creation of the tabernacle and the, the Ark of the Covenant and what the priests were going to wear and what the sacrifices were may not always be dry to me, may not always be dry to you. Maybe it's somewhere else that's a little dry to you. Also, there's different times in our life that we find different places to be dry. In other words, depending on where you are in your walk with God or depending on what season you're going through, you may find one place to be uh dry or more dry than another. Um, if you're dealing with a particular thing, you may find that passage particularly speaking to you as opposed to at another point in time in your life. But here's the thing. We have this written down for us. Why? It's important. That's why. And in fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 teaches us all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So what do we do when we find a place that seems particularly dry to us at the moment, knowing that it's profitable for us, knowing that we need to hear it, and knowing that if you're finding it dry, it very well may be the devil trying to steer you from it. Well, number one, realize that God led you to that passage for a reason. Now, again, I'll give you the little joke, and that's where we don't just, you know, don't make a habit of just open up your Bible and say, God, where do you want me to read today? And we just throw it open and we throw our finger down. I tell you the old joke about the man who did that. And when he took his finger and he said, God, whatever it says, that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, it's, and, it, and it said uh, that Judas went out, Judas went out and hung himself. And he said, well, that certainly cannot be for me. And so he closed his eyes and he flipped the pages again. And he thrust his finger down and said, God, whatever it is, that's what you have for me. And he read it and it said, what thou doest, or go, I'm sorry, it says, go and do likewise. He said, that can't be right. He said, I'm going to look one more time. And he closed his eyes and he flipped the pages and he stuck his finger down. And I said, what thou doest, do quickly. Well, clearly that wasn't God telling him to go out and hang himself. But my point is this. There are times that, that, that we open up the word of God and we may just start reading. And God leads us to that place. Other times in our plan that we prayed over, in our plan of what we're going to read, or maybe we have a devotional book that we've been going through, it leads us to a passage. And that's not happenstance. That's not, that's not uh, chaotic circumstance. That is God leading us to that place. I believe that with all my heart. And so, therefore, my chronological reading, it's read, led me to this place. This is where God has for me. And so, therefore, here I am reading this. God has that passage for you for a reason. And then number two, we already said this, but God inspired and preserved that passage for a reason. So once you get there, here's what you need to do. Ask God to show you what he wants you to know and wants you to apply from that passage in that moment. And even admit and confess, God, having a hard time with this. God, help me to focus on this because I'm having a hard time with it. Number four, when you come to a place that seems dry to you, slow down. Now, this also applies, as I have said before, and I did a devotional on this, this applies to where you come to a familiar passage. 
oh, I've read this before, and you, I, I know all about this. Slow down so that you don't miss something. I told you before, I've been getting so much out of my Bible reading, perhaps more than I remember at any time I'm getting out of my Bible reading. That's not to the glorification of myself. That's I'm praising God for and what He's showing me, and it's fantastic, and it's amazing, and I'm going to do my very best to make it a habit of asking you and talking to you, what are you reading in God's Word? What is God speaking to you about this week? Because I want to encourage you in that and challenge you in that. So slow down. The opposite of what your tendency is going to be. My tendency is to skim and to speed through some of these things because I just don't find it as interesting. That's the devil takes and wants to distract you from a particular passage. You know it has to be good for you. And number five, understand that God can bless you whether you necessarily dig a nugget out of that or not. The very point, the very principle that you took time to read it, took time to focus on it, turned to God and asked Him to help you with it, God will honor that. God will bless you for that. I believe that with all my heart that sometimes just your faithfulness to read the Word and avail yourself of the Word. And sometimes the lesson in of itself is not to give up when the going gets tough and when things get a little dry. So, Therefore, this passage is dealing with how and where the people were to conduct their worship of God as His people. Again, what instruments, what, what the tabernacle was to be, what clothes they were to wear, what sacrifices, that's what's in these chapters here. And so therefore, I want you to see really in this whole section, as I was reading it, here's what I got this past week. Number one, when I read, and again, I'm not going to, I don't have time to read all five, six chapters, seven chapters of what I'm talking about. Just understand, when you begin to read through the instructions for the tabernacle, the instructions for the instruments and the, 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 the candles and the table and, and, and the, the brass labor and the offerings, realize this is what I'm talking about. Okay? So it is clear. When we read these chapters, to me, this is what stood out to me. It is clear that God is interested in organization and the particular or specifics of worship. It is clear that God is a God of order. God is a God of organization. In other words, God is not a God of chaos. God is not a God of haphazardness. Now, there are sometimes that we come across things haphazardly, and God can still use those. But I'm talking about in our worship, it ought not to be haphazard. In our worship of God, it ought not to be haphazard. It ought to be organized and planned. And I don't mean we make it just a ritual. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying we ought to be intentional and purposeful in our worship. If we, if we were to take the time to read through this, and as I hope that you will read through these verses as you come to them in your Bible reading, 
the preciseness of the measurements and of the instruments and how they are to be designed and how they are to be carefully crafted and how they're to be overlaid with gold and silver and brass and the instructions and how they're to be done. There was preciseness in organization and specificity to those instructions. It wasn't, hey, just throw some stuff together. Hey, just bring some stuff in. Hey, just whatever you got. That's not what God said. And that applies to our worship today. Our worship today and the planning of the house and the tabernacle of the worship, they were making this portable temple. We don't have a portable temple now. Now, I'm going to come back to all this, but if we were to designate this or compare this to worship in the church, when we come and worship, it isn't just to be haphazard and off the cuff and just roll out of bed. You've heard me say it time and time again, we ought to be thoughtful and we ought to be intentional. We ought to be purposeful. And actually, I've said we ought to worship all week or you can't worship when you get here. You just roll out of bed and say, I'm going to go worship. Listen, that's a tendency of the world today. It's just, hey, just flop out of bed and go. No, I'm going to come back to that. Let me just go ahead and say it right now. The New Testament teaches us we can worship anywhere. We're still not to abstain from the gathering together in the house of worship. That's also clear in the New Testament, but we don't have to worship just in the tabernacle, just in the temple, just in the church. But my point is this, God was interested in the orderliness and the organization of the worship the planning of the house, the tabernacle, the planning of the garments to be worn, uh, the preparation for the ones to lead the worship. As you read this, I pray that you will see how particular God was and how much he cares. They say, preacher, are you saying that we've got to go do all this stuff for church today? No, that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is God cares how you worship him. God cares the thoughtfulness, the organization, the, the care that you put into your worship, the preparation that you put into your worship, the planning that you put into your worship. God cares about that. God cares about that. Number two, it's clear that God is interested in our investment in worship. Worship is costly. As we go through this, and again, I know it wasn't all just laid out. I use that passage there in, in, in Exodus uh, 25, 1 through 10 is a jumping off place because that's really when he's beginning to talk about the designation or the, the bringing of the tithes to pay for or to the supplies that were going to go into the tabernacle and into the instruments, the gold, the silver, the bronze, the fine wood, the fine linens, the fine fabrics, these kind of things. Listen, it wasn't just, hey, bring me some stuff and let's throw this together. Together. It wasn't, hey, just bring me the stuff that you aren't using anymore. It wasn't just bring me the stuff that you've got no purpose for anymore. It wasn't a repurposing of stuff that you're, well, I bought some new stuff, and now here's some old stuff that I can donate to the church, or in this case, to the tabernacle. No, it was the best. It was costly. There was an investment. I believe with all my heart that one of the problems we have in church today, in believers today, and the reason our worship is not alive today is because our 
offerings, our sacrifice, our investment, our planning is cheap and simple. And that's a conviction to me, not just for you. God may be convicting you of that as well, but I'm saying that, listen, we've got to be willing to invest. That doesn't mean just finances. I'm talking about time. I made a confession a few weeks ago, and God has been busy in renewing my vision for this place since the turn of the calendar in particular. And I'm telling you that it's been fantastic what God has been doing in my life. And I, and I don't say this, pat me on the back, I don't say this for the glorification of me. I'm simply saying this for the fact that, listen, I've, I've, I've said, God, I want to be reinvested. God, I want to reapply myself. I want to refocus myself. I want to dive back in more fully than I have been these past few years. And I'm telling you that God has been speaking and God has been working and God has been alive. And I'm telling you, it can be the same for you if we're willing to have orderliness and organization and planning in our worship, and if we're willing to have investment in our worship, our worship is not to be cheap. And number three, it's clear in these books, in these chapters, that God is demonstrating there's a better way. You say, what do you mean a better way? Well, he's demonstrating in the Old Testament the need for the Savior. They had to follow certain rituals. They had to follow a certain plan. They had to follow certain procedures. That was how they earned or kept the covenant. That's how they became or that's how they became Christian, if you will the sacrifices, the offerings, the morning and the evening, uh, the different offerings that they gave, the obedience to God's instruction. That was how the, the, the circumcision was the sign, but it was these things that they demonstrated their faithfulness to God. Now, again, that's not, where, that's not how they got saved. What I mean is they did those things because they believed God by faith, and therefore they did those things but you had to constantly do the sacrifices. You had to constantly do these things. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ comes along, and no longer do we have to make animal sacrifices. No longer do we have to go, number one, he says, no longer that you're going to, you, so you remember he's talking to the woman at the well, and he says, you think, Samaritans think you worship up here. The Jews think you worship in Jerusalem. There's coming a time when you're not going to worship in either place, but you're going to worship everywhere. And now we can. Because of Jesus dying on the cross and because of the fact that we can have salvation and forgiveness of our sins, we can worship God anywhere. Once again, not getting away from the assembling of ourselves together in church. That's important. But you worship all the time. Or you can worship, should worship, ought to worship all the time. In the Old Testament, in this, the giving of the law and the giving of the sacrifices and the giving of the tabernacle and temple worship, it was a plan that must be trusted and followed. 
in the New Testament, the better way, the fulfilling of the law was the man Jesus Christ. And it is a man, God-man, that must be trusted and followed. It's not ritual or procedure that we follow. It is it is not just one place that we worship, but it is the same God that we are worshiping as they worship there. It's just God says, okay, now here is the full picture. And we see. My point is this. It's clear that God was demonstrating this way you can't keep doing it forever. This way of these laws was designed to show them they couldn't keep all the law. They couldn't keep, that's why they had to keep sacrificing, but even then they couldn't keep all the sacrifices. In fact, it says that people didn't do things, they were to be cut off. In the New Testament, there's grace. And so this passage is showing me that, hey, God cares about how we worship Him. God cares about the manner in which we worship Him. That doesn't mean that if somebody's more contemporary, it's wrong, or somebody's more uh, uh, straight-laced, it's wrong. All I'm saying is the fact that God cares what your intention is what your purpose is, what your heart is. Sometimes we look at somebody who is more contemporary and say, oh, they're just emotional. Or we look at somebody who's real straight laced and we say, well, what's wrong with them? What is your purpose? What is your heart? But it's clear when we look at Jesus Christ in the cross how it was a better the relationship with Jesus is a better way. God designed it. The point of the law was to show that you can't do enough. But the Lamb came and did it all. Praise God for that. So therefore, in reading these difficult chapters, I found a long drink of water. I found a deep well I was inspired and motivated by what I wrote, read, even though it was difficult to read. And my point is this, there's many places that you come in God's Word, maybe it's these chapters for you, but I'm telling you that when you come there, ask God. Again, ask, admit to Him, say, God, it's not easy for me to read this. God, I need your help. But God, I know that you put this passage here for a reason. And God, I know that you inspired this and preserved this passage for a reason. And you led me to this place for a reason. And God, I need your help to know what you're trying to say to me and to apply what you're saying to me from this passage. God, help me to slow down and focus on what your word says. God, help me to be faithful just to read the Word. Because God, I want to be faithful. I'm telling you, when you look at the, the God's Word and you go into it with that your prayer, I'm telling you that God will make it come alive. And I'm telling you that even when you come to the places that are dry, you will find some deep wells of water in these dry places. And I pray that God will bless you. And I pray that God will speak to you. And I... I let me just say it this way again. God is speaking to you. If you're reading His Word, He is speaking.
had a dear friend said the other day, said, Jonathan, I just don't, I don't think God's speaking to me. I don't think God's speaking to me. I said, well, are you reading the Word? Are you reading His, are you reading his Word? No. Are, are, you, are you in church? Like, well, not very often. Friend, how can God speak to you? Very often. If you're not reading. If you're not with His people listening to Bible preaching. Sure, He can speak to your heart through His Spirit. Sure, He can speak through somebody else. Maybe speak through me or speak through a friend or speak through a family member. But how often do we get that? Get in His Word. Read it daily, even when it's dry. And find deep water in dry places. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us today. God, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today, that you would help me to be faithful to read your word. God, thank you for how you've helped me this year. Continue to help me, I pray. Help your people and help us to share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next time, my friends, remember I love you. More importantly, God loves you. Keep your eyes on him. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you. Till I cross